welcome to Block in the Back. On this podcast, we chat about all things Dynasty Fantasy Football from leagues to rankings. Now don't turn your back, square up and get ready to have some fun and get your teams to a championship with your hosts, Tyler Fish and Ryan Paulish. Welcome back to Block in the Back. I'm here with Ryan Paulish. We've got a good one for you today. It's a mock draft special, 2019-2020 edition. We're going to take the classes of 2019 and 2020. We are going to rank them to a two-round mock. I am ready to go. I hope Ryan is off air. I kind of let Ryan say, you know what, I'll let you have first pick. And uh, I think he's pretty excited over here. Ryan, are you ready to go? I am absolutely stoked. These last two years, we've had really good draft draft classes. And having the number one pick, though, makes me a little uneasy because there's so many good players that you can pick. I feel like no matter what's going to happen, I'm going to get a little bit of uh, brush back on it. But I am ready. I'm definitely going to outdraft you. And it's going to be phenomenal. So I am absolutely ready to attack this. The 2019-2020 class, if we were to draft them as a combined class, I am stoked. So just a little heads up for the listeners. Ryan and I are going to alternate picks. So he's going to have first pick, I'll have second pick. We'll just kind of go back and forth there just so you can easily follow along for this two-round mock wherever you are, whether it's in the car, whether you're shoveling snow up uh, up north here like we are, or – whatever maybe you're mowing the grass down in florida we can switch spots if you'd like so ryan i'm going to give you first pick and there was a couple guys that i wanted to go with first pick so honestly i'm kind of happy that i you know you're taking it here and uh you make my job a little bit easier so who you got at 1.01 in our 2019 2020 class special now make sure you put special when you advertise this ryan because you know, when you walk into a store and see special, you, you want to buy it. It's a special. This is a special mock draft. Who you got for us, Rye? This is a special mock draft, just mostly because of the last two draft classes have been so special. Um, a lot of them just turned out absolutely fantastic. But I had the 101 between four people. Um, it was extremely hard. I had two people from 2019 and two people from 2020. I'm not going to give away who those were in case Tyler might, you know, want to sneak in and grab one of them that he didn't have on his radar or something like that. But my 101, I'm sticking to my guns. I, 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 I just think for the future as well, he started off, started off hot, and my 101 is going to be CeeDee Lamb. That might take people by shock. That might make you sit back in your seat and say, Ryan, what are you thinking? Like, there's multiple people who had better seasons, seasons than C.D. Lamb. Now, C.D. Lamb is 21 years old. He started out his career in the NFL with five catches for 59 yards, six catches for 106 yards, five catches for 65, five catches for 79, and two touchdowns, eight catches for 124. The guy started out absolutely on fire. Now, right after that is when Dak got hurt. The Cowboys like to throw the ball. They have Mike McCarthy. We know that they like to throw the ball. And I don't know if Mike McCarthy is going to be around for a long time. But I think with Dak back, that helps his case. And that only helps CeeDee Lamb. We know he's one of the best talents we've seen coming in. He started out hot, just like we might have thought, just like we were hoping. Dak got hurt. It hindered his season. But guess what? He still had 935 yards his rookie year with five touchdowns, 74 catches off of 111 targets. His rookie year with second and third 
second, third, and fourth string quarterbacks and ended the year at wide receiver 22 in PPR. So to me, I know Justin Jefferson had a great year. I know A.J. Brown's a stud. I know D.K. Metcalf is a stud. But to me, that mix-up of Dak, the Cowboys offense, C.D. Lamb's talent, his output still this year, um, he is my 101. That kind of surprised me because that it wasn't in my my top two that I was considering. So, uh, I, I thought you 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 know you argued a good case there, Ryan. And I I don't really have much to say there. I, he's a heck of a player, and just you could just show me that one highlight catch where he had to reach behind his other ear and and change his body in a different way. Like that's all you have to show me, and I'll I'll believe you on this one. Um, but my <clears throat> well now I'm going on to. Number two pick is going to be Justin Jefferson. And, you know, I could sit here and rattle off numbers and how he broke, you know, rookie records for, for wide receivers. He's something special and uh, somebody that was slept on in that class a little bit. Uh, he's an absolute stud stallion. Lock him in at two and I feel good about it. And that's, that's new for me. That is new for me, by the way, because I had um, a couple others ahead of him even uh, in the wide receiver department. So give me Justin Jefferson. That was, that was probably my, my number two as well. Um, it's tough. These, these last two draft classes, this is one of the hardest mock drafts or redrafts that we've ever done. Um, obviously we're basing this off of just for the listeners, we're basing this off of one QB um, half point PPR and it's a dynasty startup. We're not doing any redraft or anything like that. We're a dynasty podcast, so we're going to go off of that. So my 1-3, or 103, it makes it really difficult to pick between the next two. They both went to the same school, really, so that kind of gives it away. Um, I'm actually going to go with DK Metcalf as my 103. Um, I like the way Russell Wilson plays. He's got that deep ball that pairs up with DK very, very nicely. Um, DK started the year off really, really hot. Um, he kind of finished a little bit slower than he started off, but I mean, the guy still ended up at wide receiver seven in PPR. He ended up at 1300 yards, 10 touchdowns on the year, 130 targets on the year. So really DK Metcalf, you can say he ended the year a little bit slower than he started, but if he would have ended the year, like he started the year, the guy would have been wide receiver one. So DK Metcalf, he's 23 years old, just a physical specimen. He's my 103. Another solid choice, a guy that I was kind of considering as a, a top dog as well, just like the way he plays. Uh, number Pick number four, <clears throat> I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. And you can't, uh, you can't convince me otherwise. I, I could have put him at the top of this list from how he finished the year with his athletic profile. It seems like he really turned it around. His vision was fantastic. Um, some of the runs were really nice holes, but other ones he created. They were, you know, you have your expected yards. Um, he, I mean, he was breaking off runs over the expected yards, a run that was supposed to get three yards by, um, you know, metric-wise. He was busting off for 50-something yards. Like, just what he did towards the end of the year has me as a believer um, for 2021 and moving forward um, in that offense. So I feel phenomenal about Jonathan Taylor if you took him this year in your rookie draft and, and you held on to him nice job because he really he sputtered early and if you traded for him when everybody was down good for you 
because he is going to have a nice career. Now, remember, we always talk about a running backs not having as long of a shelf life in the NFL. The receiver-wise, it you have, you're a little more safe because they might play a little bit longer, right, and have a little more production. Uh, I'm still rolling here with Jonathan Taylor. Also, if you're still tuned in, I hope you are. This is for half PPR, okay? And I don't know if we mentioned that at the start. Um, and we do. Ryan and I are not talking Superflex League or anything like that. So half PPR, Dynasty League, how we feel about these guys moving forward uh, into the 2021 season. I can't. I can't argue that pick. JT has, like you said, if patience is key with some of these guys. You can't always – we've talked about this so many times on the podcast. You can't judge – rookies off of their their first half of the year or even sometimes even their first year running backs are a little bit different but JT really turned it around he ended the season like we thought that he could do this whole season and I like his outlook going forward um, with the Colts we'll see what happens with the, with the quarterback play uh, there's been talks that Phillip Rivers might retire and that's that really doesn't even change the spectrum for me at all um, I think they either get another veteran in I think this is the most likely situation. They're talking Carson Wentz possibly. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But great pick at 104. And for my 105. So I think you kind of left the door open for me. On I had my top four guys. I would could have even they could have all been 101 in in my head. So my 105 is going to be AJ Brown. AJ Brown has done things this year with missing games, it's been unbelievable. His, his points per game in fantasy has been just fantastic. The guy's a stud. He was, he was my number one wide receiver in the 2019 class. He went to Tennessee, kind of knocked me off a little bit, but Tannehill has way outproduced what I thought he was going to. And the guy has been an absolute animal. He ended up as a wide receiver one this year, um, wide receiver 12 on the season. And he only played 14 games. So he missed two games, still ended up as a wide receiver one, had over 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns, 70 catches, over 100 targets. The guy is a huge part of that offense. And that, that, that offense with the play action that they run with A.J. Brown's talent is, is fantastic. So I'm going to go A.J. Brown at 105. All right. This one might surprise you a little bit is, and, and I had this penciled in, um, you know, pre pod and, and I'm looking at it and it still feels good. Uh, and at 1.06, I'm going JK Dobbins with how he finished the season. He's going to create so much steam this off season, especially with the uncertainty of Mark Ingram. JK Dobbins is my guy. All right. That offense, he's going to absolutely dominate in that offense next year, how he finished the year. I mean, this year, I want to say he had like 900, I don't have it up right now, he had like 950 rushing yards in limited action, and he averaged six yards a pop. Everybody was, you know, all year, everybody's like, get J.K. more touches, and they wouldn't get him touches. He's going to be a fantasy stud next year. So that's, that's where I'm at there. So pencil me in at uh, 1.06, J.K. Dobbins. I love it. Huge J.K. Dobbins guy. Um, as you know, in our in our home league, our our big dynasty league that we've been in for eight eight years or so, um, I drafted him at 103 this year. Um, 
just for the listeners, J.K. Dobbins has 925 yards total on the year, 800 rushing yards, but he has nine touchdowns, like Tyler said, averaging six yards a carry. Um, when given the opportunity, the guy scores touchdowns. They're giving him the red zone opportunity. Um, and when given the opportunity, he usually makes do with it. So with, with Mark Ingram out of the fold, We'll see what they do with Gus Edwards. I'm actually starting to think they might sign him back. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But we we've seen the last five weeks that that might not matter. I mean, he had, he had 13 points, 13, 14, 13, 28 in week 17. Um, but he's put, he's putting up big numbers even with Gus Edwards there. So I love the pick at 106. So that leaves me at 107. I am going to probably hop on the running back train here. Finally, I've been all wide receiver so far. I'm going to go DeAndre Swift at 107. I think, I mean, in, in 2020, he was most people's 101 until he went to Detroit. Um, people were very skeptical. Detroit hasn't had a good running back in how long. Um, Swift has actually proven that he is kind of scheme proof, I think. As far as he went to the Lions, he's still producing. The guy's a stud. So he's able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, we talked to Dave Wright last week. And having a running back with a wide receiver or with a receiving floor is super valuable in, in fantasy football. And I think DeAndre Swift provides that. And, yeah, Swift is my, my 107. Fantastic. I'm going to hop right into 108 here. And I'm going to go Josh Jacobs. And Josh Jacobs was somebody that I was extremely high on coming into the season. And my bold prediction was Josh Jacobs was the number one fantasy scoring running back. Well, was he? No, he wasn't, Tyler. I was feeling pretty good after week one when he scored 32 points and the three touchdowns. But I still like him as a player. Um, I thought he would be a little bit more involved in the passing game. Um, It kind of seems like he doesn't – I mean, he's still – he's still the the guy there, right? He's that bell cow. There's not people that are stealing a whole lot of touches for him. It's just like so hit or miss in terms of, is he going to get the ball thrown to him? I don't have it exactly, but I was looking at it a couple weeks ago and I was like, man, I wish I'd throw the ball to him more. Um, and I just, I think he can be that, but it just hasn't quite happened yet. So Josh Jacobs, 1.08 do like the player, like the situation. Uh, not really anybody there competing for touches. Yeah, I I love Josh Jacobs. A lot of people that have listened to this pod knows knows that or have followed us on Twitter. They know that. Um, it was a little concerning, though, at a snap percentage, the way that they used him. He got a lot of attempts on the ground, like you said. And also, like you said, they weren't really using him in the pass game again. Now, that being said, he did have more receptions and almost double the targets than he had from 2019 to 2020 which 2019 was rookie year, so take that with a grain of salt. But um, he got more rush attempts by 30 um, in 2020 than he did in 2019. He got 20 more targets and 13 more receptions this year. So they're using him more, but still not as much as you would think for what he was as a, as a college producer. The guy was great out of the backfield from Alabama. So year on the year, wide, or running back eight, Still great, but a little bit spotty for me. Um, I was wrong on that as well, Tyler. I love Josh Jacobs, though. Even going forward, I love him. He's still only 22 years old. 
That is insane to me. He's only 22 right now. So he's going to be 23 next year. Um, those rookie running backs coming in, coming in are going to be dang near that old as well. So he's going to be in his third year in the NFL, just at the same age as some of those incoming rookies. Um, maybe, maybe the incoming rookies are only a year younger, but. So Can I interrupt you here real quick, right? Yeah. Josh Jacobs also two days ago had a DUI and I didn't mention that. I thought you were going to bring that up, but I'm not overly concerned with that. You know, there's plenty of players that have gotten that. And, uh, so, yeah, just wanted to bring that up for the listeners in case you did miss that because it really wasn't really that heavily talked about. Uh, but, yeah, Josh Jacobs did get a DUI. It happens to the best of us. Wisconsin is one of the biggest drinking states. Very, very common violation here in Wisconsin. Um, you know, whether your beliefs are that, what, whatever your beliefs are on that. Um, but, yeah, we have a .08 tolerance here. I'm not sure where, where he was at, what the, the legal limit is. Uh, but, yes. Doesn't phase me though. It wouldn't have changed my rankings either way. I agree with you. Like, obviously, that's not great. You shouldn't be doing that. Obviously, tisk tisk on Josh Jacobs. But as far as fantasy football is concerned, which is what we are all, we are all here for, not really moving the the meter on uh, on Josh Jacobs just because. I mean, look at Melvin Gordon had one right before the season, right? And he played he played the whole season, or he had one during the yeah. season. That, that whole thing got pushed back so far. He's, I don't even know if he's still gone to court yet. So that's not really moving the needle for me. Um, it'll, be, it'll be a small suspension if it even happens. So obviously not a great thing in real life. Fantasy football, I'm not that worried about it. Yeah, so, and he plays a position where, not that it's okay, but it's not a position that, you know, if that happens, they're crazy about it. Whereas a quarterback, you're under the spotlight constantly. And you got, you know, Haskins going and uh, the strip clubs and stuff like that. I mean, the, you are just under scrutiny all the time as a quarterback. And your body language is monitored, everything. But as a skill position player, you have that ability, like Odell Beckham Jr., to celebrate, to throw tantrums through. And they call you competitive. Whereas a quarterback does that, they're shown as a poor leader. So just my little two cents. I think that's uh, – that's the coach and me coming out there. You make a good point there. I mean, Dwayne Haskins got fired because he went to the strip club. Nothing has been said if he was drinking or not, which obviously most likely was. But nothing was even stated on if he was drinking, if he was doing drugs, if he was doing this and that. He got fired because he went to the strip club. And now Josh Jacob is making headlines because he got the DUI. So take that with what you will. I, like you said, the quarterbacks are always under the spotlight. So we'll see what happens with Jacobs here going forward. He might miss a few games at the at the beginning of next year. So you got to maybe look out for that um, if you own him. But like I said, as far as dynasty value goes, not moving the needle much. Um, going into my pick now, I am going to go with the – what do I got? 109. I'm going to go with um, Miles Sanders. Still believe in the talent. He was obviously his 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 workload was a little bit frustrating this year. He missed a few games, but when when he did get those touches, he was he made really good do with them. He had some really really nice games, um, scoring touchdowns, big runs, explosive, just what we thought he could be. But the guy only played twelve games this year. He still ended up just sneaked out a or a running back too. He was running back 24 on the year. 
867 yards rushing, six touchdowns, and about 200 yards receiving. So, honestly, with that crapshoot of an offense this year, switching quarterbacks, the, the scrutiny that they were under, the injuries that they had, Miles Sanders was still able to produce running back two numbers and had some really nice games. So I still believe in the talent. He's still 23 years old, so I'm definitely not giving up on him by any means, and hopefully they can figure things out in Philly. That's kind of the main thing. If they can figure things out in Philly, get some leadership in there. I really like Miles Sanders. He's my 109. He's somebody that probably could have went a little bit earlier as well, and uh, nobody would have blinked an eye. So good pick at 109. 110, <clears throat> this is where I'm kind of getting torn, right? I'm looking at – I was looking at all these names, and I was like, well, I don't really know who to pick here. This is where it kind of – we might really differentiate here. And, uh, you know, there's guys on the board like CEH, and there's guys on the board – like T Higgins and Brandon Ayuk. And uh, right now I just have to go with somebody that, that everybody spent such high draft capital on that's CEH at 110. And um, not that I don't like him as a player. It's just, you know, I, I honestly, I thought he would just smash in that offense. And I know he was kind of out the last, you know, part of the season there, but you look at his numbers and they aren't anything fantastic. You look at the game logs and uh, it was kind of disappointing for sure. And he didn't, Really, I'll have to look up the uh, the receiving numbers, but he didn't get as much receiving yards as like as they used him in uh, LSU, where they're lining him up in the slot and stuff like that. And early on, and he was just hit or miss. He'd have some games where he had one catch. He'd have some games where he had five. And uh, just somebody that I still like. He's still young, but he finished as you know running back number twenty two this year in PPR. And I think he had a little bit higher expectations, especially for a guy. If you're in redraft, he was a first-round redraft pick. So it didn't quite live up to that hype. But I still do like the player, and I think he could have a you know nice couple of years here in Kansas City worth drafting. So 110, I'm going Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He did end up with 36 catches, by the way. he I thought he'd be closer to the 50 mark. But it is what it is. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, book him at 110. Yeah, I I like you can't you can't blame anybody with drafting Ceh. He had a bit of a weird year, like he started off really really hot, then he kind of petered out a bit. Then I mean he still had three hundred yards. He had over a thousand total yards this year and and five touchdowns. So for a rookie year, you can't blame him. But I think the expectations were so high that it almost seemed like a disappointment for a twenty one year old to be running back twenty two, and I. I don't, I don't know if I, you can justify that. Like, what years a lot of rookie running backs do pan out, sure. But you can't always base that off of that. Like, Joe Mixon didn't pan out. Melvin Gordon didn't pan out. All those guys were first-round or second-round draft capital in the actual NFL draft. And you, you just can't always, can't always say that. Now, pre-draft, CEH was way down my board at running back six or seven. And Tyler, I know you weren't as as high on him as like number one or two, like he is now, or after after the draft. So does that have something to say about it that he didn't produce in such a high powered offense right away with with where he was being drafted? Maybe. So we'll see how this goes going forward. I like Ceh as a player um, for fantasy football. 
I think he is a little bit overhyped. I thought he was overhyped before. Um, things have died down a little bit. He's almost at that buy window. Cause it's I don't cooled think... off a tremendous yes. amount. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just almost... to put it in perspective, Rye, I was so upset when Saquon got hurt this year and I, you know, I was pushing for a championship. This was after week one. I went to the owner in our league that owned CEH and I said, would you do Barkley for CEH straight up right now? Because after CEH, I'm like, he's going to have a pretty good role in this offense. And I'm like, I need running back help. I, I'm going to compete right now. And he said no. And I, I respected it. But I, you know, looking back, it, I don't want to make that deal anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God. I mean, Barkley's still young, but I mean, I, I just came out with some rankings on, on the Twitter page. I got a little bit of a brush back on how low I had Barkley. Mostly just, I mean, that's my personal rankings on where I would take Barkley. And, and for me, I'm letting other people take him. I'm, I'm just kind of over that whole thing with Barkley getting hurt, the Giants sucking. Do I think he's a generational talent? Yes. Do I think he's in a shit situation? And, he had, and the, his playing style, he gets hurt a lot? Yes. So at that time that you probably asked that CH owner, I might have said the same thing, honestly. I mean, I mean, with the expectations that he had – why would you? I mean, when he, when he, he could be the expectations where he's going to be top 10, top five. He, I mean, exactly. the way he was being drafted. So, I mean, I don't blame that the CEH owner at all on that. But no. Yeah. Either way, CEH is a good player. I think he's a little bit overhyped. But that being said, this could be the buy window for you with that slow ending of the year that he had. Um, you might be able to get him a little cheaper than he's actually worth. He's still a good player. So in, in, in a high-powered offense with the Patrick Mahomes being there for nine more years. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But with my 111, that leaves me with players like David Montgomery, who had a great year. Debo Samuel had a quiet year, injured all season. You could even throw in somebody like TJ Hawkinson. Um, we still have people from 2020 class, like you mentioned earlier, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, um, Antonio Gibson, Michael Pittman, um, LaVisca Chenault had a good end of the year, Denzel Mims, people like that. So my 111, I am actually going to go T. Higgins. I'm, I was high on him pre-draft. I was high on him after the draft. I'm a big T. Higgins guy. Um, loved the way that he played in Clemson. Loved his landing situation. Didn't think he would do much in his rookie year. With, with A.J. Green still there, I thought that he still had a little bit of a juice left in the tank, but he actually outproduced what I thought he would do. And I thought that T. Higgins in 2021 would be the number one wide receiver there, and I think that even came to fruition faster than I thought. I think Boyd is still a great player. He's a great number two, a very, very valuable asset on your fantasy team. But T. Higgins is the guy there. He's already came on his rookie year. He's going to do that going forward. T. Higgins at 111. All right. And he's off the board. I'm sitting here at 112, and I'm, I'm doing a little dance, and I, I can't really dance very well. I'm maybe doing the Carlton or something. And I'm grabbing F1 at 112. Give me Terry McLaurin, F1, the Jet, at 112. And I feel great about it because I love him. I think he's in that 
he's kind of in that range of DK, AJ Brown, and he's probably there. And we let him fall a little bit too far, to be honest with you, because we just went running back heavy. F1 deserves to be up there. His age is a, is the only thing that's going to scare dynasty players away. Uh, I want to say he's 26 years old now. You want to fact that fact check that for me, Rye? But he put up numbers with so many different quarterbacks. He's 25 going into 26. He's played with so many different quarterbacks, and he's just a target monster. Um, and he runs great routes, and he, he's produced with whoever has been under center. So give me Terry McLaurin at 112. I do like the player. Yeah, you say that, and it's it's as soon as you drafted, I'm like, oh shit, Terry McLaurin, Terry, Terry Scary Terry's still there. Scary but, Terry, I, I that was the one nickname I missed. Scary, scary Terry. Yep, yep. Um, I really like Scary Terry. I was I was skeptical on him. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't like out there trying to buy him in the off season or anything like that. I was skeptical, but he put up another good season with. With un, like like we said with with uh, with other teams, just a crapshoot of a team. So, what the Redskins go through, or the football team, sorry, what they go through, like two or three quarterbacks as well. And Terry really just struggled in the touchdown department. He had 1,100 yards. He had almost 90 catches. He had 140 targets, dang near. But he only had four touchdowns this year. Ended at wide receiver 20 at 25 years old. I put out a tweet a couple of weeks ago that was saying like most of the top 12 receivers, almost like 80% of them are, don't quote me on this, but there's most of them were about 27, 28 years old. Wide receivers don't hit their prime until in between the 26 to 29 range um, in age. It's totally different than, than the running backs. So McLaurin doing this and even last year doing what he did as a rookie at 24, 25, 26 years old. I think he's just going to keep taking strides forward. The guy commands targets. He commands the yards. He's good after the catch, just a fantastic athlete. So I love McLaurin at, at, at this pick. That's, that's phenomenal. So that, that, that actually wraps up um, our first round. So just to recap for, for the listeners here, for our first round, we went starting at 101, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Jonathan Taylor, A.J. Brown, J.K. Dobbins at 106, DeAndre Swift, Jacobs, Miles Sanders, C.E.H. at 110, um, Higgins at 111, Terry McLaurin at 112. Now we're moving on to our second round, and that leaves me up. So going off of that, I think it would be a disservice to what he's done this year for the expectations. I am going to go Antonio Gibson. My boy, been preaching him since day one, Antonio Gibson. Had a great year this year with, with the same team that McLaurin is on, but – the guy exceeded expectations. I know he had some things go right with AP leaving, guys getting into trouble, those types of things. But even before all that happened, there was talks that Gibson was going to get used heavily in the passing game. He was going to get used heavily in the offense in general. And I just think the cards fell right. But he, he, he made good with his opportunity. There's players that have had that happen to him all the time, and they flop. 
and and Gibson proved that he belongs in this league, and he's a very very good running back. So Gibson is my two o one. Yeah, I knew you were going to go that. I mean, you've been preaching him for a long time. Here's a guy that you probably are sleeping on and probably totally forgot about, but at two point o two. I'm going to go James Robinson, and why not, right? If you're an owner of James Robinson right now, you're not selling for anything less than a first. You're very, very happy with that value. Um, and he produced running back number seven this year, and that's with missing this last week. Put up monster numbers. Ran really, really well on a bad team. I have no problem taking him at 2.02. And if you're an owner in Dynasty uh, and you want to sell him, great. If you're just like, I just signed him as a free agent. I just want to kind of reap the benefits here. That's fine too. But you've got to be ecstatic with what you just got in James Robinson because he is a nice player. So James Robinson, 2.02. Yeah, that is that is a good pick. I, call me call me silly, but I just have a hard time. I just have a hard time buying into that that the whole thing. And it's going to be like a similar Chris Carson situation, which is weird because I was the one that picked up Chris Carson in our home league. I was the one that was all in on Chris Carson. And and James Robinson has played well. So I don't really have a great excuse for not drafting him yet. I really don't. And honestly, I'm, that's just one of those players that I'm just not super high on. I'm not super sold on. I, it might be like an organization thing, but it seems like – they're kind of cleaning house. They're going to turn things around. But when they turn things around or they, they hire new coaches, and it could take a year or two. And by then, James Robinson is going to be 25, 26 years old. I'm going to be looking to get out. So we'll see what they do with the new offense. What if that new offense fails? What if the, what if the quarterback that they bring in fails? There's just so many unknown pieces with the Jaguars that I'm just not completely sold on yet. And I totally get it if you are sold on that. And, and obviously, if you pick him up as a free agent, you're loving this. The guy has produced. He's done well. He's looked good. I'm just not one of the – I'm just not completely buying unless I was the one to pick him up, then I'd be ecstatic. But since I'm not, I'm still not buying into it. I'm not willing to pay a first for James Robinson. Not quite yet. So don't blame you. Absolutely. He looked good. So – um, going on to I've the, had this I've had the same feelings with Chris Carson and Philip Lindsay since they came into the league and I know you've been in a Carson order I I felt the same way you did I'm just I'm looking at everybody else that's on the board and I'm like yeah I'll throw I'll I'll throw a pick to a 2.02 uh, and snag him uh, just for what he did so totally get where you're coming from but he is only 22 you know with COVID and everything coming from a small excuse me, so small school, um, you know, didn't get it really a chance to really show himself. I think that was just one of the gems of the draft that we missed. So 2.03, who you got, right? All right. So 2.03. Oh boy. We're, uh, we're starting to get down there just a bit. There's obviously a lot of talent left. I think as far as a positional standpoint goes, there's a lot of players left in that 2020 draft that I want in the wide receiver category. Um, there's one or two left in the runner, running back category, but I have to go back to 2019. And I'm looking through the list here, and most of them are picked off. But TJ Hawkinson, he's tight end three, or I think three, 
three or four on the year. TJ Hawkinson is going to be my next pick. Just an absolute animal. You usually don't see tight ends produce until year three or maybe even four, or if you're Robert Tanyan or Darren Waller, it's even after that. This guy is producing in a notoriously bad tight end offense where Eric Ebron couldn't get it done. When was the last time we saw a good tight end out of there? But TJ Hawkinson is getting it done at a very young age, a second year in the league. I'm taking him at my next pick at 203. I had a feeling you were going there as you were kind of talking, and he did have a, a really nice year, and uh, I would feel comfortable snagging him too. So nice pick, nice pick. Uh, somebody that we've kind of slept on and has dropped way too far down our list is Jerry Judy. So give me Jerry Judy at 2.04. Should have went uh, maybe a little bit sooner, maybe not. I, I have him around that uh, T. Higgins. I thought you took T just a little early for my liking. Uh, I do like T. Higgins, but uh, Jerry Judy's a very, very good route runner. That offense was just so hit or miss this year. Very, very good player. We haven't seen uh, his best football yet. So give me Jerry Judy at 2.04. I like it. I, I, I do. It's, it's hard to argue any of these picks, isn't it? With how good these last two classes have been. We're, we, we've been extremely spoiled in the last 2019, 2020 class where these guys are just unreal. They, they really are. Can you so, imagine if we're doing this with the Corey Coleman's of the world and uh, uh, Nelson Aguilar and some of those classes that were just dumpster fires, man? Oh, God. I remember that Aguilar class. I, I traded up to get Nelson Aguilar, and then I ended up drafting, um, God, David Cobb. And I was just so ecstatic. <laughs> they were both in the first round, and I was so ecstatic. I'm like, oh, my God, I just got Aguilar. I got Cobb. He went to the Titans. There's nobody else there. And, yeah, like you said, just an absolute dumpster fire. That was just a, a shit show. It was. So I remember. Bad. I remember. You know, just trying to target somebody. I was off of a championship, I think, and I went out and I was like, oh, I don't really know who to grab here. I was really struggling, and I ended up going Doriel Green Beckham. Well, we all know how that turned out. But I mean, that's why. Then you look at these two classes, and it's like, good lord, like where has this been? And it's just, it's kind of a, it's an anomaly because we haven't had rookies produce like they produced this year and we had a lot of them produce in our fantasy relevance. So hopefully that means future success here, but uh, two Oh five, right. Who you got for us? Two Oh five. That, um, that was a good pick by you last time with Judy. I am actually going to go and go off of the 2020 train and I'm going to go with my boy, Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is a guy who, yeah, the 49ers are a little bit off. Yeah, they typically are winning. They play more defense. They run the ball a lot. Debo Samuel was out. But the question that I'm just posing and the upside of this pick is what intrigues me the most. Is Debo Samuel actually the number one wide receiver there? Is Brandon Ayuk better? Can, can he command more targets? Yeah, Ayuk and Kittle was hurt. Debo was hurt. But Ayuk was really, really good this year. With Brandon Ayuk is better. I'll answer that question for you. I missed Brandon Ayuk. He's a very good football player. Yes, and and we. So I was a huge Ayuk guy this whole process in the offseason, But we still just a couple pods ago, 
we're saying Debo Samuel's kind of the guy. I don't think that's the case anymore. He he is absolutely just making a case for himself. Brandon Ayuk, he's a great route runner. He's dynamic act after the catch. He commands the targets in that offense. And obviously George Kittle is going to get his. He's still an elite tight end. But I think as you see Ayuk even grow, this is rookie year with a bad offseason. As you see him grow, he's going to overtake Debo, I think. And evaluating both of them in the off seasons, Debo, I think Ayuk is better than Debo coming in. And you, I might get a little bit of flack for that, but I truly believe it. Ayuk is just dynamic. The guy's got great hands. He's great down the field. He's great intermediate. He's great after the catch. And he proved that this year. He's able to take the reins when nobody else was there. And all the cornerbacks and all the defenses were, were on him because there was nobody else there. He was still able, able to produce. So I'm, I'm going Ayuk, and I'm very confident with that pick. All right. I almost took him a couple picks ago. Uh, but 2.06, I'm going to go David Montgomery, and guy that's really just turned it on the last six games. And I can't argue uh, with that production. And somebody that hasn't really flourished and it's kind of underperformed. Uh, and I, I don't know what to credit that for, you know, the Bears just being the Bears. Uh, but what he's done the last couple of games can't be ignored. Um, pretty consistently, you know, running back, 20 whatever he was last year and I, I just thought that was kind of his where he was going to be uh, but he finished as running back number four in PPR so are we ready to believe in the David Montgomery train or no are, are we still fluffing this off but all I know is last year was running back number 24 in PPR this year was number four in PPR is there and he's gone over a thousand scrimmage yards both years is there just a chance that he's actually a really good football player and, and he has a really nice year again next year? Yeah, I think there's a chance. So I'm going David Montgomery at 2.06. Just to kind of go off of that, Tyler, with what we've kind of said with running backs, with Montgomery just kind of being and the first year, and a, but it's been a crapshoot offense. But he's come on strong this year with it. But he's gone against an absolutely easy schedule, which is kind of irrelevant for fantasy football. Like, it don't matter who you're going against. He's scoring points, right? So would you rather ride him out and see what happens next year or in 2022? Or are you trying to sell right now based off the fact that he's RB4? Oh, you're putting me on the spot here now. I mean, this is just a mock draft here, Rye. <laughs> um, you know, with, with Monty, I, I took a really high pick with him. Not me personally, but if I if I drafted him, I took a high pick with him in the rookie draft, right? I don't know. I, I still feel like he's way undervalued in the fantasy community. Like, people look at David Montgomery, and they don't see running back number four in PPR. So... I don't know. You're going to have to give me a little time on this one. Uh, I, I could really have to just process this. I'm curious. Let's see how he does. Bears made the playoffs, right? Let's see how he does in the playoffs. And I, I'd like to see him carry the rock. Does he keep this going against good competition? You just mentioned his schedule. Okay. Well, now the Bears are in the playoffs. They stuck in somehow. Can he continue this? So right now, I guess – Sure, his value, he'll probably never finish above number four PPR, if that's what you want me to say. He'll never finish above that again. Can he sniff RB1 potential? I think that's an yes. I think he can. 
but will he finish as high as number four? No. So if you're basing it off of that then sell, but do I like him as a football player? Yeah. I think he can be RB one material this, this upcoming season. I actually really, I actually really like that response because you're right. He probably, he, he won't, he will never finish RB four. There's multiple injuries this year that people that could take that spot. There's, but it, the way that he's played, he's looked better. He's looked better than he did last. He's looked better than he did early on in the year. And like you said earlier, it, I don't think people see him like that. So if you're looking to get RB4 prices, there's no way. You, there's no way that you, you will be able to do that because nobody sees him that way. He's an undervalued prospect, an undervalued running back. So I, I, I like that response. See what, see what he can do and, and kind of go off of that and see what he does in the playoffs so, oh, under or against better competition. So, yeah, great, great answer. So that leaves me with what? What, what, what are we at here? 207. Yep, 107. 207. I, you know, Tyler, we have not taken a dang quarterback yet. I'm going to go Kyler Murray. That was for, for obvious reasons. The guy is, what, is he QB1 this year? I think he's QB1 or two. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I don't know what he ended up finishing as. Rodgers, Murray kind of struggled towards the end. I'll, I'll fact check it for you. He was number three over, uh, number three QB overall, so he did fall off towards the end of the year. He had a couple of tough weeks, uh, especially week number 17 where he had 3.78 points, but he went out with that injury. Uh, uh, and he had 16 points in week 16, so he did kind of fall off. Uh, so not quite QB1, but that was our prediction at the start of the year. He didn't disappoint, though, right? Right. I mean, the guy's 23 years old. What do you want? I mean, as a rookie, the guy was QB6. Now he went up to QB3. But really, QB3 is not even that good compared to what he was doing the entire year. He was playing injured most of the time, too. He had a bad he had a bad shoulder. Um, he fell off in Week 16. Um, most people don't even play Week 17, so that wouldn't even matter. But he did get hurt right away. I mean, he played half the snaps that entire game. So we won't even talk about that. But from Kyler Murray is just... He's a playmaker, man. Just dynamic. And he, the fact that he played most of the year with a banged up shoulder, and you could tell the way he was throwing the ball, avoiding contact, and still being able to do, put up the QB3 numbers, that's unreal. And even in a one QB league, I feel like we, I feel like we dropped, I feel like we dropped the ball on this one a little bit. I feel like he's way too low. I know there's so many good players, but to have a perennial top five quarterback at 23 years old. That's, that's huge. So I'm going Kyler Murray. Hey, had a really nice year. I, I'm, I don't play super flex, so I'm a noob, obviously super flex. He is darn near top of this list. Uh, something I got to get into, send me that super flex dynasty invite. I will work my tail off for you in that league. 2.08. We're sitting here and, it's a guy that I snagged in, in rookie drafts, and I know we talked to Dave Wright last week, and he actually was not a fan of this guy. And there's another guy that I almost took over him. But the college profile wasn't that great. His breakout age was extremely high, but his workout metrics were off the chart. And I'm sitting here, and I had to pull up his player profiler. And his best comparable is Brandon Marshall, which I love. 
and that's Chase Claypool. He had a fantastic year, 6'4", 238, runs a 4'4", Good luck covering that. He was a deep threat this year. He really fell off towards the end of the year, but that's okay. There is one receiver that will not be in Pittsburgh next year uh, that played this year, and I, I don't think Juju comes back. So give me all the Chase Claypool. I, I'm an owner. I took him in the third round. I love it. Uh, I do think he will be a viable wide receiver too uh, moving forward. Now I know you're going to say quarterback. Well, I don't know what, what's going to happen there, but the Steelers are a good organization that's going to be able to get it done. So give me Chase Claypool. That's, that's another question, though. Just completely off the grid on what we're trying to do here, though. What do the Steelers do? Is Big Ben retiring? Are we – they're good. So they're going to be at the end of the first round. What, what, I, I actually don't know what they're going to do. I, I feel like they're just praying – Big Ben comes back one more year and then they try to make a trade or, or I don't, I don't even know. I have no idea. Could they get one of the quarterbacks that fall? Cause it's a, you know, I haven't done too much digging in, but this is a nice quarterback class from outside looking in. And could they take a guy late or in the first round? Cause they're already, they're already kind of there championship caliber, right? At that point, could you just groom him and have, Roethlisberger play one more year I feel like Roethlisberger does not want to quit playing he wants to play in front of the fans again um, so that's a definitely a possibility yeah we are going off on a tangent there but you've dug into the quarterbacks more than I have but definitely a possibility with the Steelers I haven't you know I don't know mock drafts or anything like that yet I'm still kind of in on this year I haven't really pushed to the offseason yet I'm working there uh, but could they possibly do that right well, I think they could. Like you said, there's as far as like starting caliber what or quarterbacks in this in the in this class, I, I would say there's five. Some people are saying six. Um, I could see like a Mac Jones getting getting to that level. I don't know if some teams are gonna be higher on him than I am. I'm not super high on him, but I think he's a quality quarterback that kind of resembles Big Ben. He's a big bodied quarterback, not the fastest of guys, um, not a rocket arm whatsoever but he, he's got he's got pretty good accuracy good de decent decision making and maybe a mag jones would be a good fit there but i don't know if he will make it all the way to the end of the first round so we'll see um another name that comes up is kyle trask and i'm not a huge fan of trask honestly he put up just huge numbers at florida but when i when i dig into the tape it, there's just things that bug me with him it looks like he's got cinder blocks tied to his feet at times. He just chucks the ball into to triple coverage way too many times for me to like it. So, we'll, I mean, we'll see. But like you said, Aaron Rodgers slipped. Like, people didn't like him either. But if he can sit behind Roethlisberger for a year, that would be great. I think that would be huge for him to learn either Mac Jones or Trask, somebody like that, just to, just to learn for one year. That would be great. Now, I don't see anybody like Trey Lance or, or Wilson being a great fit there, but we'll see what happens. Like you said, we went on a, chan uh, we went on a tangent there. So, 209, my turn. Oh, man. Let's see here. So, we have, again, great players. You know who I'm actually going to go? I just saw his name pop up right on, in the middle of my screen. I know it. I don't know if you do. I don't know if you do. I do. 
Deontay Johnson. I yes, that's who I was thinking, and there's no way to prove it, but yes, that's who I was thinking. <laughs> God, you know, so many people hate on Deontay Johnson. You know who hates on him the most? John Arrington from the Monocle Dynasty podcast hates on Deontay Johnson, and honestly, I don't, I don't know. He drops the ball a lot. He got benched once, sure, but that guy is a part of the offense, and. What did he have? He had 144 targets this year. If he was dropping the ball that much and people were that Target mad at him. Target hog alert. Target yeah. hog alert. Yeah. If people were that mad at him for dropping the ball, they'd stop throwing the damn ball to him. Really? The guy's 24 years old, has extremely good route running. The guy is really fast. He's really quick, great out of his breaks, commands targets. Now – Maybe he's got to go hang out with Nelson Aguilar a little bit because I heard he was on the jugs a lot this offseason. But put Deontay on the jugs a lot, he's going to be just stellar. I mean, he he increases. What kind of jugs are you talking about here, Ry? <laughs> the, <laughs> the thing that throws the football, that one. <laughs> just wanted to clarify for the listeners. I know that's a, that's a common term for something else. But, yeah, Ooh. agree. Get him on the jugs machine. <laughs> but – I mean, the guy went from 92 to 144 targets from rookie year to second year. He went from 59 catches to 88 catches from rookie year to second year. He went from 700 yards to 925 yards from first year to second year. Um, Had more touchdowns this year. And he still – and he only played, what, 15 games. So he he missed a game. He went out a game early. I know that. And to me, I don't know. I, the way that he's involved in that offense makes me offset the drops a little bit. There was games that I, there were, there was games that I saw where I'm like, oh my god, what are you doing? But the guy, I mean, he's put up really good stats all year long, commanded that target share, and the Steelers throw the ball a lot. They don't, they didn't have a running game. So I love Deontay Johnson. Actually, I think he's a good buy with the negative stigma that's around him right now with the drops. So he was actually a buy before this season even started. If you listen back to one of our first pods that we dynasty buys, Deontay Johnson was on there. He's wide receiver 21 on the year, which is 20 better than he had his rookie year. He was wide receiver 41 in PPR. Now he's 21. I actually think he gets better than that in, in 2021. So go out and buy him if people are worried about his drops. I'm I'm not worried about his drop, so so we'll see. But I got Deontay Johnson at 209. I like Deontay Johnson. I do. I <clears throat> I'm surprised that he uh, he slipped as far as he did. So 210. I'm gonna go. And you just you kind of look at the board, and it's like there's so many talented players, and I'm sure if we were to actually post these. We'd have, you took so-and-so after so-and-so. I mean, you'd be the most hated man in the state, Ryan. But 210, give me Cam Akers and what he did towards the end of the year, I'm, I'm pretty excited about. And I don't know what that running back situation is going to look like next year, but it at least showed some promise that they were able to, or, you know, they had the confidence to give him the ball, you know, 21, 29, 15 times, you know, weeks 13, 14, 15. Week 16, I know he was hurt, and I think he's got an ankle injury going on here. Didn't really play very well. Week 17, had 21 carries, though. I mean, my goodness. So they are feeding him the ball. 
overlooked that he finished number 46 in PPR for running backs. The guy's 21 years old, was one of the best high school prospects going into college and played at Florida State and, and had a nice career there. So give me Cam Akers. I'm, I'm excited. I feel like he's going to start picking up steam over the offseason. So give me Cam Akers at 210. I like it. I actually thought about going him a couple picks ago even, but not – yeah, I like him. There's nothing to argue there. But so my pick at 211. Now this is getting down to the, the nitty-gritty here. So we have great wide receivers on the board yet that I really like that haven't quite produced this year. But you can see the, the future potential, the, the metrics, all that stuff, like Michael Pittman, Denzel Mims. K.J. Hamler came on toward the end of the year. Uh, Brian Edwards, who we both liked, he just didn't get it together this year. He was banged up a lot. Um, and who expected to have Hunter Renfro and, and Aguilar as your wide receivers in, in Las Vegas. So um, I'm not even going to mention Zach Moss because we all know how I feel about him. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to go with 111. I'm going to go with Jalen Rager. That I was, I was very, very high on Rager. 211. 211, I'm going to go Jalen Rager. I was high on him after the draft, before the draft. I really like Rager. And similar to the other Eagles that we have mentioned, that was just a crapshoot this year. They switched quarterbacks. I'm, I'm going to believe in the talent. I'm going to stick to my evaluation. I'm going Rager. And honestly, that's mostly for the upside. I like his talent. But we'll see what happens with them. I, I, I honestly don't even know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I love Rager, especially at 211. So that's my pick. I'm really worried. Uh, you know, you, I'm sitting here at 212, but Henry Ruggs, he wasn't really high in my draft board. And then there's some guys that just absolutely love him. But what he did, I mean, weren't you expecting just a little bit more this year out of him? And I didn't follow Ruggs too closely, but he wasn't fantasy relevant at all. Finishes number 95 in PPR. And I don't know, man. I honestly, I thought he would be a better deep threat than he was. I don't know air yards. I don't know any of that. I don't know if he was getting targeted down there. So I don't hate me for that. But you just look at his statistics and – very, very, very underperforming player. So with Henry Ruggs, and I, I do want to hear your response on that before I do pick 212. I, I didn't like Henry Ruggs coming in coming into the draft. I didn't really like I, – I, I actually liked him a little bit more when he went to Vegas just because I didn't think there was anything there. I was an Aguilar believer. I was an a Renfro, Renfro believer. Um, when they drafted Edwards and Ruggs, I was pretty excited about those two. But at the same time, I thought Edwards would be better than Ruggs even. So, I mean, I wasn't super high on him. I, I was just never a big believer. People were super high on him. And a lot of people, even even we have said on our pod, that speed kills. And honestly, I can name a lot of situations where speed doesn't always matter. When you, Nicole Hardman, he hasn't done shit in a couple of years. Henry Ruggs, he didn't pop off like we thought he would. So – does speed actually kill? It depends on the player. Does does he have the skill to pair with it? So I think Henry Ruggs lacks in the route running category a little bit. So he might be a little bit of a one-trick pony. He'll win him one game a year, 
when the Jets are trying to throw the game, sure. But not a huge rugs guy. All right. Well, I'll wrap it up here with 212. And there's a lot of guys that were kind of going through my mind. You know, Debo Samuel is still on the board. Uh, you know, we just mentioned Ruggs, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., uh, Denzel Mims, somebody that I'm a fan of, A.J. Dillon, who's going to probably gain a lot of steam heading forward. Um, it's, you know, so all those players are – Paris Campbell might be somebody that you're a big fan of uh, just with the injury and stuff. I'm fading right now. So you look at all these names, and one guy that is going to catch incredible steam this offseason – is LaVisca Chenault. Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be a Jaguar. You look at LaVisca Chenault, somebody who is just a physical specimen. They try and get him the ball in so many different ways. You put a nice quarterback in that offense in another offseason under him, could you have a really, really nice player? Yes. Go buy him now. His best comparable is A.J. Brown on player profiler. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. So LaVisca Chenault had some very, very bright plays this year. Somebody who uh, is just going to continue to gain steam. The longer you wait, the, the more he's going to be worth. So if you want to snag him now, go ahead and grab him. LaVisca Chenault, 212, book it. And Ryan, you're going to have to give a summary on our entire second round. That I can do. I want to touch on LaVisca Chenault a little bit. I, I was not high on him going into the year. He's actually outproduced what I thought, and he hasn't even produced that much. So I will, I will count that as a loss on, on, on my end, and he hasn't even done that much this year. Really, he's got 600 receiving yards, five touchdowns. The, the touchdowns kind of amp him up a little bit. He was wide receiver 45 on the year, but like we've said, I don't want to be contradictory. You can't judge a, a rookie – always on his first year, first half of the year. He played 14 games as well, so he missed a few years. But that was kind of in college, too. He missed a lot. Of, he missed games. He missed a lot of snaps because he was always banged up. He's kind of a wuss, really. From what I watched in college, he, he, would, he would get hit hard and he would be out for, like, two possessions. But I'll add him for you on, on Twitter, and you guys can duke it out. Yeah, he's only 6'2". <laughs> I'm not worried about it. But <laughs> yeah, good luck. Good luck. All right, All right, give us that round two summary. Yeah, he probably put up 225 more than I could. But um, All right, so our two-round summary. I'm going to go down the list here. We're going to start at 101. CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Jonathan Taylor, A.J. Brown, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, uh, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, C.E.H., Higgins, McLaurin. Now that's the first round. Going into round two, Gibson, um, James Robinson, Hawkinson, Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk, Ma, uh, David Montgomery, Kyler Murray, Claypool, um, Deontay Johnson, Cam Akers. I forgot who I wrote down at 211, Tyler. What did I just draft? Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager and LaVisca Chenault. Those are your first two rounds if you combine the 2019 and 2020 draft. Now, that should give you a good gauge of where, you're, where we at Block in the Back are valuing these players. And, God, it was tough. 
Tyler, it was really tough. We talked about it before the pod. We're like, God dang, I don't even know who to go with 101. There's just so many options where you, where you can't go wrong. But the way that we did it, I'm sure people will tell us that we're wrong. That's fine. But at the same time, you can't really – I don't know. Are you wrong with any of those picks? The, the, we've been just blessed with these last two rounds. So it was it was great doing this with you, Tyler. No, that was fun. I, that just gets me more excited to dive into the 2021 offseason and the rookies and, and everything like that because that is why we play Dynasty football. So had a blast with you, Ryan, as always. Give us – you know what? Even better, tell somebody about us. Say, hey, I listened to Block in the Back the other day you know unless you don't like us then just keep it to yourself and don't leave us a review but if you do like us give us a review go tell a friend and uh, we do really appreciate the listeners our listeners are growing and uh, it's always fun to uh, to push out content each week so ryan always great doing this with you we'll talk real soon i can't wait to dive into the 2021 rookie class thank you for listening to block in the back Thank you for listening to Block in the Back Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Dynasty Fantasy Football related. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button, tell all your friends about us, and then hop on Twitter and give us a follow at Dynasty Block. Thank you, and remember, you are listening to Block in the Back.